I am defining success according to these three terms. Do I like myself? Am I liking what I'm doing? And am I liking how I do it? Because that matters too, how you get to that end result to that goal. Um, and if I can say yes to all three, then yes, I am successful. This is the Girl Behind the Hustle podcast, and I'm Lucretia L.C. Thomas. Each week, I'm chatting with some incredible women across all industries and backgrounds who've agreed to tell the truth about what it really means to hustle. It's time for us to be honest, to let other women know that they aren't alone, to share our mountains and our valleys, to practice self-care, and celebrate our wins together. It's time to hear the truth from the women behind the hustle. This is the girl behind the hustle, and I'm your host, Lucretia L.C. Thomas. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. This is your girl, Lucretia, host and founder of Girl Behind the Hustle. So over the weekend, I'm in Chicago, over the weekend, I got to attend a lot of brunches for purpose is what I'm calling them. Um, one was a client, Bold Purpose. They hosted a brunch called Blooming Boldly, and they had an amazing speaker there, Kalila Lyons. And it just was a great reminder of how important it is to share and tell our stories and how that can motivate someone else, inspire someone else, or even just pull someone else up through telling our story. And the second brunch I attended was actually hosted by our podcast guest today. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I love when connections like that happen. Um, L'Oreal hosted a brunch at her house. Um, It was called a Black Girl Magic Brunch, which is an amazing end to Black History Month and entry into Women's History Month. And so that was just an amazing brunch with just hustlers, go-getters, movers, and shakers. It's just amazing how many people, you know, you see, like, you know her, you know her too. So dope people know dope people. (laughs) my conclusion from that brunch and so speaking of women's history month if you have not gotten your ticket already we are celebrating with our book club discussion slash affirmation slash meditation we're doing it all it's just really a time for us to sit down discuss with one another as well as take some time and meditate and affirm ourselves so that's taking place if you're in chicago it's going to be in oak park at a beautiful boutique called pearl shoebox vintage in oak park and that's going to be on March 20th. Grab your ticket. And if for listening to this podcast, I'm giving you guys a special code today to get a percentage off of your ticket. It is LT in the city. So go to Eventbrite, search Girl Behind the Hustle, or go to our website, um, Girl Behind the Hustle. It's going to be underneath the book tab. So go there and purchase your tickets. Cannot wait to see you. So getting into the podcast today, guys. As I kind of spilled the beans already today, I'm chatting with L'Oreal Thomas Payton. L'Oreal is a freelance writer, motivational speaker, and the forthcoming author of Trust Your Dopeness, How to Stop Doubting Yourself and Start Making Shit Happen. Her work has appeared in outlets such as Zora, Self, Bustle, Hello Giggles, and Shine, where she focuses on the intersection of women of color, work, and wellness. Listen in as we discuss how she trusted her dopeness and negotiated a $30,000 pay increase, the role mentors and coaches have played in her success, including her amazing mentor, Ebony Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Kyra Kyles, and how it really does go down in the deep. 
Hey, L'Oreal, how are you? I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much. I'm doing well. How are you? I am wonderful. Tell the listeners just a little bit about who you are and what's your hustle. Definitely. My name is L'Oreal Thompson-Payton, a.k.a. LT in the City, and uh, have a lot of hustles. I even treat my day job as a hustle. Um, I do public relations for an education nonprofit, um, director of communications for One Goal. It's a college access and success organization. And I'm also a freelance writer, um, sometimes blogger and public speaker and soon to be author. Awesome. Yes, you are absolutely doing a lot. And you've had just such an interesting journey to where you are right now with the organization that you're working with. Mm -hmm. Looking back, can you see how all of your pieces and everything that you've done, can you see how everything's tied together to bring you to this moment? Yeah, the thread that ties everything together is storytelling. So whether it's from very humble beginnings as a magazine intern in um, college to now working for a national nonprofit, everything that I do is rooted and grounded in using my words to inspire, educate, and uplift others, but especially women and girls. That's my um, that's the sweet spot. That's why I get up in the morning. That's why I do what I do, uh, specifically Black women and girls. Um, yeah, that's my that's my heart's passion. And is there anything in your past or in your history with your journey that kind of led you to that passion? Oh, my gosh. I distinctly remember growing up, so reading all of the teen magazines back in middle school. So keep in mind during this time, it's Britney Spears, it's Christina Aguilera, and I'm looking at these magazines and the um, the girls on the covers don't look like me. You know, they have big boobs, blonde hair and blue eyes. And I look at that and really internalized a lot of self-hate. Like I actually remember distinctly in seventh grade praying to God to make me white so that I could be beautiful. Because again, this is before Beyonce, before um, Destiny's Child even, or they were just starting this, before Michelle Obama, it's before Black Girl Magic. And I really thought, because um, that's what mainstream media was feeding us, was that um, white is right. And still is in um, some extent, but now we have social media. There is more diversity in media, but that was really um, coupled with the fact that I realized that writing is my thing. That's what I do. That's what I use to make sense of the world. And it's the best way I know to express myself. And what I found when I got to high school then was um, you know, working on a student newspaper and the literary magazine, that the same words that were helping me could also help others. And that's when I really dedicated my life's work, my career, my mission, my purpose is to make sure that other little black girls don't feel the way that I did and try to infiltrate um, increased diversity and representation in every media, every organization, everything that I touch. Gosh, I love that so much. It just reminds yeah. me so much of um, Toni Morrison, the bluest eye and just that whole mm -hmm. story, but just showing that diversity matters so much in the things yes. that we see and what we're watching, what we're listening to and what we're reading. And I just love that about um, your mission. Yeah. Has there been a perceived loss? What perceived loss did you experience during your journey? And what was the lesson? Ooh, so many. I think of all the jobs that I didn't get or all of the pitches that were rejected. And actually in a webinar I recently led about pitching, I told all the writers who were attending that, you know, rejection is part of the process. If you're going to be a writer, it means inevitably that you will be rejected. And I've in later years been trying to um, switch my mindset around it and frame it as a positive and really celebrate those rejections because it means you put yourself out there in the first place. You know, it's so easy to have an idea, 
jot it down in your notebook and keep it safe there. But that's not where you know, all ideas are meant to live. And so if you get a rejection, that means you took a step, you put yourself out there, you went out on a limb. And then often sometimes, you know, rejection is God's protection. So if I didn't get that job, I can look back and see other things that happened. I'm like, ooh, that was, that was a good thing. Like That was for a good reason. And as my mom always tells me, you know, what's meant for you is meant for you. Nobody can take it away. Um, what's meant for you won't miss you either. And so it's keeping that faith. Um, that's, I think, what those perceived losses actually are wins if you just flip your mindset and your framing the way you think about it. I love that. And it definitely truly is about flipping your mindset and just having a different vision of what's for me will not pass me by. If it's mm-hmm. for me, it's coming. It's on its way. You maybe yeah. redirects it, but it's still coming to you. Exactly. It's already yours. Yes. <laughs> How has being a journalist kind of, you spoke about pitching, how has being a journalist helped you kind of pitch yourself for various opportunities? Yeah, it's almost this like 360 kind of my day job technically is PR. And so I'm pitching um, my organization, our senior leadership team, our students, et cetera. Um, but I'm also a freelance writer, so I'm pitching stories. And then as a blogger, people are pitching me. And so all of them kind of play together. It's it's like kind of media mastermind behind mm-hmm. it. And what it, um, so I know, but being a journalist, it makes me a better publicist because I know what uh, editors are looking for. Newsrooms are even smaller now than when I started out. And so time is strapped. I know you have to catch someone's attention right away. Um, in the pitching webinar, also, I told them, it's like, your pitch should be just that. It's like the appetizer to the entree. You're not trying to give away the whole full course meal within your email because people are reading on mobile. You don't have time to uh, read a novel, essentially, of a pitch. And so it has to be short. It has to be sweet. Writing in the tone and the style of the publication as well is another way to get their attention. And so I've just infused everything that I've learned along the way um, throughout my career into what I do in marketing myself. I know my audience very well, partly because I am my audience and I am an ambitious millennial woman. And so I know um, when it comes to my writing and my blogging, um, what she's reading, where she is. And so I think backwards in that aspect. So where are, where is my audience? Where's my target reader, listener, um, et cetera. And then think about how do I get in front of her by pitching those different outlets, podcasts, um, blogs, et cetera. And during this process of learning in your journey, is there a piece of advice that you're happy that you did not take? Oof. I thought about, it was to stay in a job because of the money. So, and I don't even share this a lot. I'm not even sure if it's on my resume. It might be on LinkedIn. It might not be on my resume. Um, I had a brief six-month stint at Chicago Public Schools after I left um, Jet and Ebony I worked at CPS in the communications department, but all along I wanted to work at Girl Scouts. Um, I had interviewed for a job, it didn't work out. And I was like, well, my career so far has been in journalism. I wanted to get more communications experience and really round it out. And Girl Scouts was the goal, was at CPS. Another opportunity came up at Girl Scouts. I interviewed, got the job, and then I everyone started to get in my ear. I let people um, almost kind of pass off their own anxiety to me because CPS at the time was the most money I had ever made in my career. It was $75,000. I was coming from journalism where I was making 30. So I was like, jackpot, I did it. And I allowed those people because the Girl Scouts offer was 45,000. So 
it was a big difference. It's a big difference. Girl. (laughs) Yes, especially in Chicago. Like, that's a lot of money. Absolutely. Um, And, yeah, allow these people to get in my head. And I ended up rejecting the offer from Girl Scouts. And um, was really – it didn't sit right with me. I was still thinking about it. And I think um, within a span of a week or so, there were the girls – in D.C. who camped on the White House lawn. This is back when the Obamas were in office and they were hanging out with Michelle and I was just like, I want to be a part of that. Um, Then there was the council and I believe it was the state of Washington and they had received this um, $100,000 donation, I think, Um, but it came with a stipulation that they couldn't use it to support transgender girls. And the council basically said, thanks, no thanks, um, rejected the donation and ended up raising even more money. And I was like, okay, God, I get it. Like, I made a mistake. <laughs> um, I need to be part of this organization. And I thought about it and decided to shoot my shot, called the hiring manager back up and was like, hey, I know that people don't often get second chances in life, but I promise you, if the job is still available and you'll still have me, you will not regret it. And um, I got it back. So it was almost like I almost let other people's um, ideas and, you know, that money is everything get to me and lose out on what was a really great opportunity. So um, that is the piece of advice I'm happy I did not take. That's something. Even though I took in at first. (laughs) Yeah. But just the fact that you had the courage to kind of loop back, like that's Mm -hmm. like a lot of courage I think I don't know if I would have been like oh remember what I said I kind of changed my mind (laughs) yeah you know and social media has just become such a great way to discover and connect with people I mean we connected via social media Mm -hmm. but those random kind of like hey let's collab dms or little notes underneath um pictures mm-hmm. are not the move like it's the worst thing what's yeah. the best way do you think is to kind of connect with people and just develop a genuine connection with someone yeah. from social media hey, this just like you said it's uh what's the paul rudd mean where it's like look at us look at us who would have thought <laughs> <laughs> um but that's exactly it as i mentioned you know before we started recording, um, but was talking about uh, my friend Jessica Lauren of No Real Jewelry, and she's put me on to so many people to the share who owns the boutique, um, Love Peridot, to you as well. And so it has to be genuine. It has to be authentic. It has to also make sense and be mutual. There's a lot of times and come to the table with ideas. And when I reached out to you after we've been following each other for a while, engaging with one another's contents. Um, I did not slide in the DMs. I sent a proper business email. You did. <laughs> it was like, you hey, yes. I have some ideas um, and put them out in bullet form. This is what I think. How can we make that happen? Or what do you have in mind? And we came back, we uh, you know, talked about it and now like it's happening. And so I think coming to the table with something to offer, knowing also the... Um, the audience as well to make sure that it's mutually beneficial because there's just, yeah, I mean, like, um, totally lost my train of thought there, but yeah, making sure it's mutually beneficial. Um, when it starts off following, engaging someone, liking their posts, leaving comments, interacting with their stories and sending a proper email also helps you to stand out from the people who are constantly in the DMS, just, you know, throwing it like we should collab. Okay. Well, what do you want to do? And then it's crickets. So yes, you gotta yes. come with some ideas. And I, um, as I was planning for this year with my blog and my brand, I knew I wanted to collaborate with like-minded, like-minded women, especially um, other black women entrepreneurs, such as yourself and pull of our talents and 
um, followings together to create events and products that will inspire, motivate other women. Like at the end of the day, that's why we do what we do. So let's do it together. Um, mm-hmm. The Tracy Ellis Ross quote, I think of a lot that talks about um, there's enough sunshine for all of us. And so I believe wholeheartedly in community and collaboration over competition. My only competition is myself. You Absolutely. are my sister, you know, um, I want us all to win. And I think we can win together that there's room for all of us. And we're stronger uh, when we work together. Yes, I love that. I think it started with you, you know, setting your goals for the year, mm-hmm. finding the right people that are kind of aligned with those goals, standing out by sending the email versus a DM, because I can't even count the number of DMs I have. There are a lot of DMs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and Instagram makes it kind of hard to keep track because they yeah. go into a separate um, inbox with the general and requests. Like it's a lot going on on social media when you want to take it one step forth mm-hmm. and then coming to the table with ideas. You get a lot of like less collab, but what do you want to do? Like what did you have in mind? And then the fact that, you know, the things that we both wanted to do kind of aligned and worked together like we were on the same page. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes a big difference. And I know you've been very involved with mentorship. Mm-hmm. What role has it played in your success? And how do we find and qualify mentors? Yeah. So it's funny that this is after the DM question, because literally I slid into the DMs of my <laughs> current mentor, um, favorite mentor. So it, it, there's a time and a place. Um, so this is taking it back to 2011, 2012. Uh, there was a journalist who was working at Red Eye and Chicago Tribune at the time. I was in Baltimore at the Baltimore Sun trying to get to Chicago for a boy who's now my husband. It has a happy ending. Um, <laughs> but we were long distance and I was the being the stubborn feminist that I am was like, I'm not moving halfway across the country for some boy. I want to make sure <laughs> that whatever the move is, is going to advance my career in Chicago, much bigger uh, market than Baltimore. So I was um, scoping out the outlets here. And also the um, reporter that I was following was moving from the Tribune to Johnson Publishing's home of Jet and Ebony, and I slid in her DMs. We've been following for a while. I was engaging with her post and asked if they were hiring full-time, and they weren't at the time. She was like, I am looking for a freelance writer. So we started this year-long relationship. I was pitching to her. She was assigning me stories. And then when an opportunity did come up, full time. She tapped me and was like, Hey, I need a right hand woman. Will you be the digital content editor? So of course I said, yes. Uh, hopped on a plane with mm-hmm. like two suitcases, um, within a couple of weeks notice and moved here. Um, and yeah, it's been great ever since, but, um, if it weren't for her, she's my mentor boss, um, big sister friend, uh, Kyra Kyles, love her. Absolutely. If it were not for her, I literally would not be here in Chicago. And so it was organic in the way that our relationship evolved and how she became my mentor. Um, a lot of my mentors actually have been former bosses, which makes sense because they're the people that you are reporting to and are supposed to be um, developing you and coaching you. And that's where I found um, really great mentors. And she continues to give me great advice to this day. I remember when I was leaving Jet and going to CPS, um, her advice for me in negotiating was, to have the confidence of a mediocre white man, which I didn't understand at the time because this was 2014 or so. But once we got to the 2016 election, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what she meant. That's what she meant. I got it. I got it now. 
Um, but she's the one I call on. I need career advice, negotiating advice on how to close deals. And now I'm at a point in my career where I can return the favor and we're bouncing ideas off each other. And it's um, very mutual. She has my back and I have hers. And so for people who are looking for mentors, where do you find them? Um, look around. Like, who are the people at your office and your business um, you can learn from? A mentor doesn't necessarily have to be also someone who is above you. Um, I am a very strong advocate of peer-to-peer mentoring. I have a monthly accountability group with my girlfriends and fellow writers, Newly and Chastity. When they listen to this, hey, what's up? Um, <laughs> we meet every Sunday, uh, third Sunday of the month, and talk about our goals. And they're constantly pushing me and encouraging me to level up. And then I also have um, who I call the mentors in my head. These are women I haven't met in real life, but I admire from afar um, Elaine Fluker of the Support of Sexy podcast, Vanessa DeLuca, uh, editor-in-chief of Zora, Medium's publication for women of color, Tiffany Dufu, who uh, best-selling author dropped the ball. And so I read their work. I listen to their podcast interviews. I absorb as much information as I can and implement it into my own life. And so you don't have to quote unquote, know someone personally for them to be um, a mentor, uh, to learn from them, to just, yeah, soak in all of their wisdom. I love that. Cause especially with social media and the way the world is now, you don't have to have direct connections with people or have a conversation for mm-hmm. them to be your mentor. There's so much like knowledge and information that's available to us. Yes, definitely. And let's chat about the difference between a coach and a mentor. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, in Jen Sincero's book that you've read her book, You're a Badass at Making Money, and that it led you to hiring a coach mm-hmm. and securing that 30000 pay increase that we talked about. Yeah. But I think sometimes people get it confused, you know, the difference between a mentor or a coach and even a sponsor, too. Yeah, you should not be paying a mentor. I know there's a lot of paid mentoring groups and everything out there. I have thoughts on that. Um, that is not genuine or authentic. Um, it's not the same, you know, as someone who is personally invested in you and your success because they're personally invested in you and your success, not because you are putting money in their pockets. And so that's the biggest difference um, for me, at least there's the exchange of money with the mentor, you know, it's exchange of ideas, a meeting of the minds with the coach. It is someone that you are hiring, that you are paying to help you level up and when I was reading, um, first, you are a badass coming back from Paris. I had just gotten a promotion at Girl Scouts, and but I knew it was below market rate. I had talked to some friends, and there's a chapter in You're a Badass where um, Jen is talking about changing your mindset around money. I think for me, and I would reckon a lot of other people, especially if you work at nonprofits, there's kind of this martyrdom syndrome where it should be like, oh, you're grateful to, um, to even work here or uh, the mission is more important than money. And I had this wake up call, however many feet up in the air across the Atlantic Ocean where I was like, in a minute, <laughs> you can do both. You can both uh, work for an organization that you support the mission and you can also make a sustainable living wage. And that's when um, I had that aha moment and I realized that in order for me to level up, I would have to, A, change my mentality toward money, um, and that, B, I would have to do something I'd never done before. I would have to invest in myself, in my career, because that's saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten, and I knew I wanted to get more money. <laughs> that was the mm-hmm. goal at the end of this, and I had talked to 
a couple of women. There was someone who recommended her coach um, who um, specialized in helping women in nonprofits and met with her. And the ROI was incredible. We had three sessions because I'm a bit of an advanced learner um, as there's a couple other coaches that I'll work with. And they're like, oh, you you know what you're doing. You just need that little push. Like I read everything. I am all about the career blogs. And so there's things that I knew already and brought to the table. So I was maybe a little bit ahead than someone who was just starting out. And so we had three sessions, $300, and I increased my salary by 30000 Wow. Um, it's, I still look back and I'm like, wow, I did that. Um, and I did. I got crystal clear on what I wanted. I remember in one of our sessions, my coach encouraged me to make a list of what I wanted in my next position because I also had a feeling because uh, this is two, three years ago now when I was working with the coach that wherever I end up next is most likely going to be where we start our family. I want to make sure that they have paid parental leave. I want to make sure that the benefits are going to support our lifestyle. I want to make sure that and like went down the line and had to hold out for because there were some things that came along that were really tempting. And I would look back at my list and be like, well, it doesn't meet the requirements. Like when you're looking for a house, you have your negotiables and your non-negotiables. Um, and I was not willing to budge on the non-negotiables and it ended up um, being very successful. That's amazing. And L'Oreal, what do we see behind the hustle? What do you wish people knew more about the work that you do? It's exhausting. Um, there's whenever people are like, oh, how do you do what you do? Uh, well, A, I have help. My husband is incredibly supportive of my dreams. And also we have um, a real partnership and a team when it comes to running our household and supporting each other. And so for that, I'm grateful because it frees me up to do what I um, enjoy doing on the side when I get home from work and writing and freelancing and now writing this book. And so um, it's not all glamorous. It's not, you know, um, filters on Instagram. Like it's not pretty all the time. Like real life um, can be stressful. It's hard. It's exhausting. And I'm trying this year to really kind of course correct and set some intentional boundaries, say no more often so that I can focus on the top priorities being uh, my family working on my book and uh, that's kind of it and everything else that doesn't fall into that bucket um, I have to say I have to say no which for someone like me who's a recovering people pleaser is really hard Um, but it is necessary for my mental health um, but also physically emotionally spiritually etc. I love that because there's that balance of whatever you're saying yes to, you're saying no to something else. And so what are you comfortable with? What's that switch off? And are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. Definitely. And you mentioned a little bit about what's next for you. Uh, I, um, I just signed with a literary agent and I'm in the process. I just, victory because that yes. in of itself but there's a lot of rejection too that's another thing I wish people knew because um, you can see and I've been very transparent throughout the journey um, both on Instagram and my newsletter I started the book proposal oh gosh um, now might have been three years ago two or three and that took a while so the thing that's a little bit um, chicken and egg sort of thing with this is I want to write a book about helping ambitious millennial women such as ourselves overcome imposter syndrome. So the working title is trust your dopeness, how to stop doubting yourself and start making shit happen. And I love that title. Thank you. That is what it is. Honestly, (laughs) 
syndrome is so real. It's so real. And it holds it, us back. It really does. And that's the thing. Like, yes, there's, you know, systemic oppression, there's racism, there's sexism, there are all of these things. But a lot of times, um, it's also us holding ourselves back and thinking that our ideas are not good enough or that mm-hmm. we're not smart enough. And so the irony of trying to write a book about that while also experiencing it myself, because I'm like, girl, you're just a journalist or you're just a writer. Who are you to write a book? Like tackling, get over that um, mental hurdle was the first step. And then querying agents and putting um, myself out there and being rejected. I had one agent who told me, it's like, oh, this is nice, but come back when you have 20,000 followers. And I was like, mm. oh, okay. okay. <laughs> right. Because um, now, especially with nonfiction and debut authors, like unless you're a celebrity or influencer, um, it's platform, platform over everything. And so mm. I know that I'm a good writer. Like that is mm-hmm. not up for question. Um, but it was having the, it's almost kind of like a popularity contest. And so that was a bit... Um, it was disheartening and there were times where I felt like giving up and I kept holding on and making connections and finally got someone who believed in me and believes in this book and the next step is uh, shopping it around to different editors and publishers and hoping that someone says yes and uh, gives me a book deal and then I have to write an actual book is the thought that I'm still kind of like okay um, for so long, it's been a dream or a fantasy in this goal, and I am making steady strides, um, slowly but surely, toward making that happen. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I'm so excited and looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. Yes. So now this part of the show is called A Real Deal Moment, just when mm-hmm. we take a deeper look behind the, who the woman is behind the hustle. What's a quote, burst, or mantra that keeps you encouraged? My favorite quote uh, by Maya Angelou, success is liking yourself, liking what you do and liking how you do it. And I come back to this one often because nowadays, you know, we think that success is, you know, making six figure salary, which don't get me wrong, absolutely would love that. Um, Or that it's having a million followers. And again, don't get me wrong, that would also be great. But at the end of the day, I am defining success according to these three terms. Do I like myself? Am I liking what I'm doing? And am I liking how I do it? Because that matters too, how you get to that end result to that goal. Um, And if I can say yes to all three, then yes, I am successful. I love that. Is there a tool or app that kind of helps you manage your life or your work that you couldn't live without? This sounds lame, especially listening to all your other episodes, but honestly, my Google Calendar, like, I can't do anything oh, that's my without. <laughs> I don't know where I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to, like, without that, without the 10 minute reminders as well. Mm-hmm. So many times um, that has saved my life. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the old school with the Google Calendar. And what book should every girl behind the hustle read? I just read, uh, reread Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. So um, she of Eat, Pray, Love fame. And this book, I read it when I was starting the book proposal and I reread it at the top of this year as I prepared to write the actual book. And for those of us who sometimes, you know, I feel like as children, we're born with this creativity and all these ideas. And as we become adults, as we learn more about the world, um, we start to play it small. And this book really encourages you to tap into your creativity, whatever that may be, if it's writing, singing, tap dancing, crocheting, um, but really tap into that and live into it fully. 
uh, which I think is so incredible. Yes, that's one of my favorite books. I read that. And what always comes back to me from that book is when she talks about ideas and how they're free flowing Mm -hmm. and how if you don't capture it and work on it, it's going to move on to the next person. Exactly. And that always makes me kind of take action because I want my idea to stay with me. Same, yeah. To skip me and hop to the next person who's ready to take action. Totally. What is your go-to song before a meeting or to kick off your day? Uh, I have several. So in the shower, Good As Hell by Lizzo is like, you can't tell me nothing. Like that is (laughs) start my day feeling good, ready to take on the world. Uh, But before a big meeting or presentation, um, speaking engagements in particular, I am the lifelong member of the Beehive. So it's either <laughs> Diva or Formation. Like those are the two that hype me up and get me ready to get out there and, and kick some butt. And what do you want people to say about you when you aren't in the room? So going back to Beyonce, and I think I probably in a because of the week that we're in, um, took it more of like, what do I want people to say about me after I'm gone? Um, And thinking about my legacy and with um, Beyonce, I was here. There's a line that says, I just want them to know that I gave my all, did my best, brought someone some happiness, left this world a little better just because I was here. And that is, I already told my husband, I was like, you play this at my funeral. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it's just, I, that's, that's it. That is it in a nutshell. I gave my all, I did my best and that maybe something I wrote or said or shared um, helped somebody with whatever they're going through. That's a big reason why I write about the topics that I do as well. Uh, Women's health and wellness. I just wrote an essay for self about dealing with infertility as a black woman. I want at the end of the day, like I said before, for me, the writing is cathartic and is therapeutic. It helps me, but if it can also help somebody else, feel a little bit less alone that's it at the end of the day like that's all that I want um so yeah that would be it and fill in the blank my name is and one truth about the hustle is yeah um so you knew this one too and my blank is still blank so like my name is (laughs) L'Oreal and one truth about the hustle is um I know it sounds cliche and you say it's hard that is true. Is it exhausting? Yes. It is worth it. Absolutely. Um, but it's what you make of it. And you can, in today's world, you know, there is so much hustle mentality. Um, you can go that route. I think as I get older, I am also starting to think about working smarter, not necessarily harder. And so um, the hustle itself, the grind mentality is... Um, is not as important to me as it once was. Um, even when I first moved to Chicago, I was like, yeah, let me go to this networking event. Let me meet this person. Let me do that. Now I'm very content to stay mm-hmm. at home and watch Netflix and bake some cookies. Yes. <laughs> um, and That's the, a life. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't believe in the, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead or like hustle all the, like, no, rest is just as important. Rest mm-hmm. is part of the resistance as well. Um, so I would say that the hustle is what you make of it. Don't let it, but don't let it make you. Yes. And please let our listeners know how they can connect with you. Yes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LT in the city. And I have a weekly newsletter full of career advice, life lessons, job postings, book recommendations, and you can subscribe at LT in the city.com. Can I just say that your newsletter blesses me weekly? (laughs) (laughs) It, It truly does. 
I think Thank Jess you. forwarded it to me and I was like, oh, this is a good newsletter. Thank you. <laughs> and this week it helped me accountable because I hadn't sent mine. I was like, oh, here comes L'Oreal <laughs> sending it right around the clockwork. Let me get to it. Yes. I guess you have one of the best newsletters. Thank you. For, I, that makes my heart so happy. I'm going to end the day now. I can't talk this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it and love your work, love what you're doing, and I'm happy to support any way that I can. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I really enjoyed my conversation with L'Oreal so much. A couple of things that stood out for me was rejection is God's protection. My only competition is myself. You are my sister and I cheer for people. I was raised to believe that there's enough sun for everyone. That quote by Tracy Ellis Ross. Amazing. Okay. It was just so many gems that L'Oreal dropped in this podcast. If you have anything you want to discuss with us about the podcast, I would love to hear your feedback. Feel free to shoot over an email at heygirl at girlbehindthehustle.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast or you know someone else that would make an amazing guest on the podcast, feel um, free to shoot over an email. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. It does go down in the DMs by searching Girl Behind the Hustle. And I hope to see you at our event on March 20th. As always, until we see you next weekend, hustle and grace. And make sure you shoot all your shots.